Hi, I'm John. And I'm Erin. You're listening to Connect Empower, the podcast that proves age is no barrier to growth and enlightenment. Tune in each week as we break down complex subjects into bite-sized, enjoyable episodes that will leave you feeling informed, entertained, and ready to conquer the world. Our guest today is a married mother of two, has lived in Idaho since 1995. She's been a nurse for over 10 years. Her nursing profession has included working in skilled nursing facilities, working as a regional nurse for assisted livings, and currently has served as a director of nursing for a large home health company. So glad you're here, Jill Christensen. So welcome to our podcast. Absolutely. So if I can ask, I mean, I know you pretty well. We've had many, many discussions, but if you can explain to us what led you into the field of nursing and do you have a personal story that kind of made you decide, yeah, I want to be a nurse and and then what led you there? Oh, yeah, sure. Right out of nursing school, I went into the skilled nursing facility, worked there for quite a while, pushing meds and that's where you're at and how you learn and get to know what your skill set is. So for that, you just don't really know where you want to be. It's just you're trying at that point in your life, in your nursing career, you're trying to figure out, do you want to work with geriatrics? Do you want to work with kids? Do you want to do rehab? There's all kinds of things that you can be doing. Um, and at that point, I had elderly grandparents who needed taken care of. And it was just, at that point, I really figured that in order for me to give back to the community, that is really a good place to be is taking care of our elderly, getting them the best care and quality of life at the end versus being at home and being in pain and nobody around and then just passing that way. So I stayed in geriatrics for that reason. Jill, I love that you said something we said on our very first podcast is one of our goals is to bring back community. And when you said you loved to give back, find a way to give back to your community, that just struck me because... That's really what we want people to go back to the old days. Remember where the neighbors, everybody looked out for each other and was like, hey, so-and-so's out in the street and we all gathered at homes and just that sense of community. And you said it again, they're lonely, they're by themselves, they go through depression. And we know that because we work in the field, but we want people to go, hey, get out of your comfort zone, show up in assisted living, adopt a grandparent, Right. And, and give back to your community. Let's build it and become stronger because of it. So that was awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, yeah, you bet. So our, our main discussion is uh, proactive versus being reactive. And you being in the field, it was just like, gosh, she's been in touch with so many people and has seen the wish I would have known and if they would have known and how do I get this knowledge? And you share your expertise, but sometimes a lot of times it is a little too late. It's after they're already in a crisis. And so we want to be able to educate our aging adults and their family really how, how to get that knowledge, how to not be so stressed. Yeah, if I could just also say that one of the big issues is people don't know what to ask their doctor, right? They don't know the questions to ask. And, and so usually it's a very reactive response. They're just putting all their faith and their trust into people that are providing those services. That's another thing that we have created with Connect and Empower, 
We've created lists of questions that people can download to take into their provider to ask them questions that we feel would be important things to know as you continue to transition through life. But you're so right. It's such a fast uh, paced world out there. And usually if people are empowered and they have the questions to ask, it really helps when they do get in front of their provider or their specialist or their home health team or the assisted living that's providing a, a place for them to live. If they have a better understanding then. So what are some questions that, that you feel would be great for them to ask that you think would really benefit? You know, I, I guess the biggest thing is to educate yourself. There are so many community resources and there's so much out there to help these families prior to being in crisis. And I think the education part is really lacking. These doctors need to tell these patients if they're declining and they have the diagnosis of less than six months, that doesn't mean you're dying tomorrow. That doesn't even mean you're dying in six months. But here's your resources. Here's what hospice does. I find in the position I'm in now that hospitals don't want to talk about it. We get orders and they're like, oh, they can do home health and possibly have an EOB for hospice. Okay, so why the hospital should be having that? The doctors should be having this conversation with their patients and they're not. And I think that's a huge gap because if people were educated and there's such a false concept of what hospice is out in the community. And back in the day it was, you got on hospice and you died in a day or two. That's not what hospice is about now. And to try and get this generation to to not think that way is very difficult, but we got to start the doctors talking to their patients. And we're for some people that wouldn't know, right? Like my father passed away two years now, and my brother just recently said, had I not had you and John, I don't know where we would have started and what to do. So where would they start or where can they get their resources? When the doctor's talking about it or if they feel that they need to talk about it, they should certainly have that conversation with their doctor. The doctor should be able to refer them to resources, get them the help that they needed. That's the doctor's job. So start um, with your doctor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If I could just also say that one of the big issues is people don't know what to ask their doctor, right? And and so usually it's a very reactive response. They're just putting mm -hmm. all their faith and their trust into people that are providing those services. And so that's another thing that we have created with Connect and Empower. We've created lists of questions that people can download to take into mm -hmm. their provider to ask them questions that we feel would be important things to know as you continue to transition through life. But you're so right. It's such a fast uh, paced world out there. And usually if people are empowered and they have the questions to ask, it really helps when they do get in front of their provider or their specialist or their home health team or the assisted living that's providing a, a place for them to live if they have a better understanding. So what are some questions that you feel would be great for them to ask the home health provider, nurses or assisted living that would really benefit those services? Absolutely. I would certainly ask the provider if home health is appropriate. That's always a good thing to bring a home health agency in. 
because then you have therapies, you have nursing, they can put eyes on the patient and they can say, you know what, you plateaued, you're just you're not going to get any better per se. And the nurse can watch and pay attention and see if they're actually declining, if the medications are helping or whatever it is that they're on, that they're doing. And they can also make recommendations. Let's bring social services in. Let's see if we can get you meals on meals because you're having a hard time in the kitchen cooking. Let's see if we can get you some personal care hours so somebody can come out so we can help you bathe. I think a lot of that gets lost in translation. The, the, the provider doesn't have those conversations with the patients, so they don't know. That all comes from the provider. The provider should be able to, when they ask those questions, or their assistant should be able to do that, correct? Yes, and you can't get any of these services without the provider. The provider has to run that. That's valuable information right there. So yeah, thank for you sure. for saying that. I think that some people now that are starting to age and they're in their 70s or 80s or whatever, they've had the same physician for many, many years, right? Or they're now working with that house call physician that comes right to their home that helps. But one of the main things is they're really somebody there to advise and to support that person in place or wherever they are, right? As far as their health or wherever they're living. And I think that sometimes we trust our providers so much to give us that information, but they do rush you through these doctor's offices or the hospitals or skilled nursing, and they don't have a lot of time. That's why we're trying to empower people with our company to say, okay, listen, you have to take some responsibility for your own life, right? And you have to ask questions. You can't be afraid of it because you know yourself best. And our motto is, it's your life, your choice. And so if you're not feeling certain ways, you can't be afraid to speak up and say, gosh, I'm having trouble walking. Do you think some physical therapy might be beneficial? Or I have this wound in an embarrassing place. How should I address this? Because, of course, we don't want to have a wound if we're living at home and it becomes septic. I do have another question to ask you, just because I want to make sure our listeners know. I know it was a thing for my family is when the healthcare provider comes to your home, what kind of questions should they be asking? If a nurse comes and they're checking on them after a surgery or... Um, they're doing PT, what are some good questions that they should ask to make sure that they're continuing their care at home? You see me, make sure I'm doing what I'm doing, but is there something I should be asking? What are things to look for to make sure you know that you you are being protected and covered, That's getting the right care? Question. Yeah. So in home health, they really need a skilled need. And when that, really what that breaks down to is they the patient needs to have something that it takes a nurse to do. So it doesn't take a nurse to come in and say, here's your meds, take them at this time. But it takes a nurse to come in and say, hey, you're taking this, you're taking it for this. These are your adverse reactions that you need to look out for and to educate on why they're taking it. What's it for? Any symptoms that arise that you need to contact the doctor. That's the nursing aspect. I love that. You know? that yeah. was so the big thing for if a nurse is coming to see me for home health, we always have a care plan. And we always have goals in place. I would say, okay, what's my care plan look like? What are our goals? Because you're working together. So what are the goals for me to reach where I don't need you anymore, basically? So if <laughs> I know all my meds, why I'm taking them and when to reach out to the doctor, 
then that nurse has done a job and they can be discharged. And it can be a collaboration of care, too. I think a lot of nurses, when they go into somebody's home and they start providing some nursing care and they're basing it on the plan of care, if that nurse is in there and that nurse sees, okay, this person is really having a struggle getting around the house and stuff, they could really benefit from some physical therapy. Um, they can reach out to the the client's you know physician and say, hey, we, we should add on some physical therapy or occupational therapy or possibly even an aid or help get on. You know, it's those uh, conversations. It's one thing I do love about home health and hospice and personal care services because you're taking people into somebody's home and they constantly have the ability to look around to see if there's any other services that could could bring some success to this person in their home. Like she said, do they need meals, right? Are they lacking somewhere that they need that help? The biggest thing is, and John brought it up, but there is a phrase for it. It's called the aging in place. And that's what everybody's goal is. These elderly don't want to leave their home. They don't want to die in a hospital. They don't want to die in a facility. They want to be at home. They want to be comfortable and they want to be surrounded by their loved ones. To get these community resources in the home to provide that for them, that's the goal. I love that too. There's a two-parter real quick. I want to know what your best piece of advice that you'd give our aging adults and their families on being proactive versus reactive, but also a lot of times our aging adults don't have a support system close by. So it's a two-parter, like your best advice that you could give for both situations, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, especially for our generation, being in my early 50s, I do have ailing parents. And so I want to be prepared. So Google is your friend. Okay, don't get on Google and say, these are the symptoms and my dying. You get on Google and say, what are my resources for my community where I can be helped. And you can get a lot of information and a lot of good information. Is there a site that you would suggest that is more informed? You always have the Senior Blue Book. The Senior Blue Book has everything in it. It has all your PCS, all your assisted living facilities, all your skills. Everything is in there. And you can just make calls, call around. And if you get online and Google just like you guys are doing, they'll have questions as far as what you need to ask or maybe questions that are being answered for you either way. Yeah, I think that knowledge is power. I think that each individual is so unique and the things that we all need as we age is so unique. Uh, and so I think that the more we learn about ourselves and what our needs are, and Google is great, being able to go online and look up resources, put in what we're facing and then having the correct questions to ask providers and then not being afraid and asking those providers and trusting teams that come in to provide services into your home. There's so many people that they're afraid of having somebody in their home. Well, I don't know this person or I'm scared or I'm embarrassed in my home. But you and I both know, and Aaron knows this as well, that we're not there to judge you. They're not there to critique how you live. They're just there to help you age gracefully in place and be able to get some services that help you do that. So yeah, I'm excited about all the information you've given us. Which is so valuable, Jill, what you've said is that your doctor, your doctor is huge. You can't get a lot of those services without your doctor. So you've got to go to your doctors. Go to your doctors. Write your questions down. Mm -hmm. Google it. Yes, the thing that we always tell ourselves is, well, remember, you won't. So please write it down. 
Agree. Yeah. Make the list. <laughs> Take yes. it with you. Yeah. And and you just added at the end right there, take it with you. Like Aaron and I were just recently talking yeah. about how sometimes your primary physician that you go see on a regular basis might refer you out to a specialist that deals with whatever it is that is um, something that is not his expertise. And it's right. in, so important because sometimes those offices don't communicate. And so it's great if they give you documentation on what you were seen for and what the plan of care was when you were facing. You said it. Ask for those documentations for if the, you don't understand. Yeah, ask for those yep. documents and then take those with you when you go check in with your primary provider. Because even though they may have access to it on an EMR, sometimes you don't remember. But if you have it in your hand and you go, gosh, mm-hmm. the last time you know, I was over at the cardiologist or the podiatrist, when you take it in to see your primary physician, it helps them create a way better plan in order to take care of your needs. Thank you so much, Jill. I just, I so appreciate all the information. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Connect Empower. We want to express our gratitude to you for being part of our community, and we hope today's episode has provided you with valuable insights and inspiration to enhance your life and that of a loved one. We are more than just a podcast. We are a community dedicated to enhancing the lives of our aging adults and their support system. We encourage you to visit our website now at www.connect-empower.com. Explore more information about our guests from today's episode and to access our free resources. Our mission doesn't end at the conclusion of this episode. We invite you to take action now by sharing the knowledge you've gained today with someone who may benefit from it. Whether it's a family member, friend, or colleague, your influence can spark positive change. Remember, subscribing to our podcast ensures you never miss an episode. And we have more incredible guests and resources in store for you. So hit that subscribe button and stay connected with us. Your commitment is the driving force behind our mission. And together, we can create a movement for a brighter future as we age. I'm John. I'm Erin. Until next Wednesday, 